Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you all in this edition of the program? Classes in session, college football class, that is. As in, if these four programs want to consider themselves among the class of 2022, at least valedictorian, salutatorian, in other words, contenders, week one, four programs, front and center, ton on the line, high risk, high reward. We're less than three weeks from kickoff, so we're going to look at that. Also, college football playoff, at least the title game. We know where the next two are going to be, Atlanta and Miami. And there is something that is, I don't want to say painfully obvious, but it's obvious now when it comes to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. First of all, they basically play in the same cities. They just rotate. But something should be abundantly clear if any northern city wants to host this thing. So we're going to look at that as well. Also, could the New York Yankees be a part of the biggest collapse or be involved right now in the biggest collapse in the history of sports? So we'll dive into that as well. Remember, Harpon Sports, the bar, want to consume us. If you haven't done so yet, Twitter, Instagram, at Harpon Sports. Harpon Sports, the auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Harpon Sports, the YouTube page. Harpon Sports, the Facebook page. And of course, harponsports.com. Let's get started with this. We're less than three weeks away from the start of the college football season. And to me, there are four programs out of the gate that can show us if we should take them serious or not. Right out of the gate. I love high risk, high reward. I do. And these four programs are coming out and they're flexing. Now they could get embarrassed. You bet they could. But four programs... You know, everybody wants respect. Well, go get it. Go get it. And the one that it starts off with, and there are a couple in here that want it as well, and one of them plays the Florida Gators out of the gate. The one that it starts with is Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, top five recruiting class. Here we go. At Ohio State, go get them, boys. Let's face it, for the better part of the last seven or eight years, with the exception of Clemson, Ohio State is the only non-SEC school that recruits an SEC talent clip that can compete with that conference. Only one. They and Clemson are the only ones that compete at that level on that stage. They just are. So here comes Notre Dame, preseason number five. Now look, they can go in there and be competitive and lose 31-24, and people will say, all right, well, look, they showed that they belong. Look, this team's like, what, 0-10 it's last 10 times against a top three or four team in the country. Eventually going to have to beat one. If Notre Dame goes in and dumps Ohio state on the road, are they taken seriously? Absolutely. At that point, then Notre Dame has a path to the college football playoff. As long as they don't lose, as long as they don't lose, even with one loss, they have a great path because that's going to be a fantastic win. If they can go in there and do it, do I think they're going to do it? No, I don't, but high risk, high reward out of the gate. Four big games, the biggest, the biggest, of course. The one that's got the most on the line out of the gate is Notre Dame at Ohio State. Now, some may say, well, it's Ohio State because they're ranked harder or higher. I've seen Ohio State get beat and go on and win things. I've seen Ohio State lose to Virginia Tech and go on to win the national championship. 
I've seen Ohio State lose big games and still win stuff. Notre Dame's still searching for some sort of marquee victory since when? When's the last time they had a marquee, oh my God, victory? Yeah, I know. 25 years? Has it been that long? Yeah, but it's pretty close. Pretty close. So that's one. The other three big ones out of the gate to me, Utah, Florida. For Utah's perspective, Utah, look, Pac-12, champs, Rose Bowl, Ohio State, had them on the ropes, scored 40-plus points against them, lost. Now they go to Florida and go, oh, the spread's only two points. Like This is going to be a good test for them. It shouldn't be. Utah should skull drag Florida. If Utah's legit, if Utah's rolling out of the Pac-12, they're the defending champs, they went to the Rose Bowl and contended with Ohio State and had a beat, had the lead on them in the fourth quarter. And that team's going to go into Gainesville for a team that's picked to finish fourth in their division in struggle? If Utah wants to be taken seriously, they got to win that puppy like 37-21. If Utah goes into the swamp and wins 28-24, oh, wow, this team's supposed to be a legitimate... We're supposed to take the Pac-12 seriously when they can't even go in and dust off the fourth best team in the weakest of the two divisions of the conference? Raise it. Raise the level. Utah, when you want us to take it seriously, you need to go into Florida, win by two scores. And I don't mean one of those cheap two-score things either. I don't mean one of those, you know, 30-21. I mean, you, it's got to be you have control of it. Where fans are looking around at themselves, start of the fourth quarter, and say, we don't score on this first drive, we're leaving type of stuff. Utah, you want us to take, a ser- you want us to take you seriously? You better skull drag Florida. Better beat them by, again, like I said, it's, it's got to be something like, 36-21, 38-21, something like that. You're like, okay, well, you got our attention. You went on the road in the SEC and won by a couple of scores. Gotcha. And I know they're cranking up the crowd noise and playing in heat. Uh, yeah, it's going to be at night, so I, I get it's going to be humid. It always is at night in Florida in September. But this whole notion that, like, if it were, if and Gator fans will do this too, too like, we're going to get them here and they're not going to be ready to handle the heat. It's going to be at night. <laughs> Trust me, it's hotter in Utah during the day than it is at Florida at night. Okay. At least that early out of the year. You know, you, you if you got into me maybe a little bit in November, you could maybe talk me into it, but no. Uh, the third team I have out of the gate, again, out of the gate, four programs. Like pretender, contender. You want to, you want respect. Oregon, Oregon's at Georgia. Wow. Hey, look, people think Utah, Oregon, are your is your Pac-12 elite, and they are. Utah, Oregon, one of those two teams is going to win the Pac-12. Okay. Oregon. You know, a decade ago we took you seriously. Since then, eh. Marcus Mariota got you to the national championship game in Ohio State. Donkey Kongja. It's ugly. Ugly. Show us. Now, I think Oregon is the only one on this list that doesn't have to win to prove something. If Oregon would go into Georgia and lose, like by a field goal, then all of a sudden people look around and go, okay, the Pac-12 to go in the Look, Utah goes in and drills Florida, and Oregon goes on the road and beats Georgia. Could you imagine for one second if both those Pac-12 teams win on the road? See? But Oregon is the third team on my list of... The four that have the most to prove out of the gate. Oregon, Notre Dame's number one. Utah, of course, number three on my list is Oregon. Number four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati goes to Arkansas. Cincinnati, 
last year, made the playoffs. I thought that they proved that they deserved to be in the playoffs. Yeah, did they struggle with Alabama? You bet. But up front, they were competitive for three quarters. They were. More so than Notre Dame, more so than Michigan was. Cincinnati was more competitive against Alabama than Michigan was against Cincinnati. Excuse me, than Michigan was against Georgia. So here we go. Cincinnati at Arkansas. Luke Fickle stayed. Cincinnati's going to join the Big 12. Arkansas, a lot of people think Arkansas can finish second in the SEC West. Cincinnati goes into Arkansas week one and wins. It's like, hey, man, here we go again. And here's the here, here's the, the, the secret sauce here. Cincinnati goes into Arkansas and wins. Cincinnati is now, and they're not in the Big 12 yet, Cincinnati is now that non-Power 5 team. 10, 15 years ago, it was Boise State. It was. 10, 15 years ago, that team was Boise State. Then it became Houston for a little while. Houston was good, grabbing our attention. Other teams kind of messed around. My alma mater went undefeated one year in the regular season. But like Northern Illinois, some teams flirted with it. Then the team that took it, ran with it, was UCF. UCF walked into the room and said, we're the greatest on the planet. We're champions. We haven't beat anybody. So look at our trophy. We'll make one. Well, Cincinnati, they're... They're getting ready to take that. And the minute they join the Big 12, they are it. But they, they, they don't really, you know, hold that mantle, that little guy anymore. But Cincinnati goes into Arkansas and wins. Buckle up. Buckle up. So those are the four teams that I think can, that, that, that want respect, that have talked about respect. Well, show us you're not a one-trick pony. Utah, almost beat Ohio State. Show us you're not a one-trick pony. Going to Florida, drill them. Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, all this recruiting. Go in there and win. Notre Dame was 0-10 their last 10 times they played top four or five teams. Oregon, go to Georgia, show Scott. And of course, Cincinnati. Was it a fluke? Show us. Show us. And Arkansas. All right. Something that was announced on Monday that the college football playoffs are going to see championship games in Atlanta and Miami. So if I can get this straight. LA 23, Houston 24, Atlanta 25, Miami 26. And, you know, Kirk Herbstreet pushing, you hear this a lot. Look, I I get it. Trying to cap into that Omaha feel for the College World Series that the national championship game should be in the Rose Bowl every year. It just doesn't have the luxury amenities. It doesn't. See, it's a lot. It just doesn't have the amenities. Not for what this, you're leaving tens of millions of dollars on the table. By doing it that way, you open it up for bidding, you get to travel, you get to go to different places. And look, let's face it, the college football playoff is basically in a rotation now, like the Super Bowl was or is. They go to the same cities. They do. I mean, Indianapolis just hosted the college football playoff, but Indianapolis hosted the Super Bowl a decade ago. So, you know, the only thing you're not going to see is you're not going to see the college football playoff in New York. And the one place that is going to you know, throw it at that in the ring coming up here pretty soon is going to be Vegas, right? You go LA, Houston, Atlanta, Miami. Those are three straight Southern cities. Now Houston, more Southwest, depending on what, how you sit and look at the map. But after it goes back to back Atlanta, Miami, there's going to be a trek. Okay. Where we're going to go. Jerry's world. Dallas is going to get back into the running, but then you start to realize something. If you want any shot at hosting this Indianapolis hosts, the big 10 championship. They've got to host a Super Bowl. They've got to host 
the national championship game. You better have a lid on that thing. And, you know, Chicago talking about putting a retractable roof. Look, if Chicago does that to Soldier Field, you bet they'll get to host these things. Super Bowl in Chicago, you bet they'll do that. I'll be cold. Not with a roof on it, won't. National championship game in Chicago? You bet they will. So they talk about a couple billion dollars. You're going to get to host Super Bowls. You're going to get to host national championship games. You don't do that, you're not going to get that. You're just not. Cleveland's not going to get to do it. Green Bay's not going to get to do it. Minneapolis gets to, right? Minneapolis got a Super Bowl, but they're not going to go back there for a decade, if not longer. They're just not. Detroit has one, but Detroit's still, I mean, Detroit's still in this, you know, 30-year grind to get out of what it is downtown. And what they've done in the last 15 years in downtown Detroit's amazing. But they've probably got 10 years to go before they become a legitimate go at it. And for Jacksonville, talk about adding a roof, you're not even close. Not even close. And I know Tampa hosted without a lid in the Super Bowl. They're pretty much the only place I can think of without a lid that's got to host. Phoenix has one. I mean, think about it. The next four, L.A., roof, Houston, roof, Atlanta, roof, Miami, roof. Coming up, Dallas, New Orleans, roof, roof. If you want to host a major sporting event, you have to have a roof. You just do. In football, you have to. It's just the way it is. So, and again, one place for all of this, I, it, that's great for the Masters in golf. And there's certain things that are special, like, a you know, <laughs> The Rose Bowl in and of itself is special. I know they don't want to lose the luster of it. It's it's starting to lose its luster a little bit, especially now with USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Now, look, it's going to be really, really cool if you ever get to see USC and, well, I don't know how cool it will be, right? If you got to see USC versus Oregon in the, in the Rose Bowl, it'd feel kind of weird, but it is possible that you could see that in the next five or six years. I just... See, I don't like the College World Series in Omaha. I'd love to see it rotate. It's like, oh, Omaha's great. Oh, okay. I, I, I've been there. Love it. But I think it'd be cool if I were a college baseball player. I can only imagine playing the College World Series at Yankee Stadium. College World Series at Wrigley Field. I'd like to see a four-city rotation. Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Wrigley Field, Dodger Stadium. You'll ruin it. Yeah. Okay. You bet. So there you go. Again, you better put a lid on that thing. You you want any action? You want any action? Chicago, you want to get involved with this? Chicago is the biggest city in America that didn't get to do anything like this. You may say, well, New York doesn't get to either. Yeah, I guess you're right. But New York's different, right? You got was the ACC tournament in Brooklyn this year, Madison Square Garden. I guess the Big Ten gets to go to Chicago every every other year. But Chicago, when it comes to major sport, they don't get to host squat. Get to host the Big Ten tournament every other year. Come on, Chicago. And I I left Final Fours out of this, too. And let's face it, you have to have this for a Final Four. If you put a roof on your stadium in football, you're going to get a Super Bowl. You're going to get a college football playoff, more than likely. Championship. And you're going to get Final Fours. Indianapolis is the best bet on that. Look at that. A lot of cool stuff down there, too. But Chicago, Chicago surrenders all the stuff to India. I don't get it. Uh, one last thing. Major League Baseball, New York Yankees. Did a podcast a couple weeks ago where I talked about how Aaron Judge had a shot. Had a shot to track down Barry Bonds or at least get close. Starting to slip on that. 
He's now on pace to hit 64 home runs. At that time, I think he was on pace to hit 67. It's tough. It's tough. Now, a two-home run night, all of a sudden you're like, okay, here we go. But basically you have to hit a home run every other day to get there. He's not doing that. Not only is that going on, now he's still on pace to break Roger Maris's record, which is, that, that's the thing, right? And he would be the only guy with more than 61 home runs that doesn't have a question of performance enhancing around him. PEDs, right? So that that's that that's kind of that angle there. But the thing that we're starting to look at now is oh boy, the Yankees are blowing this. At one point, I wrote this down. The Yankees were 56 and 21. That means they're on pace to go 116 and 46. That's remarkable. Actually, it's more like 117 and 45, but I'm going to try to help them out here by saying 116 and 46. The Yankees now need to go 29 and 18 to get to 100 wins. Think about that. At one point, this team was on pace for almost 117 wins. And now they have to go 29 and 18 down the stretch to get to 100. We're talking about maybe one of the greatest records in the history of baseball. And now they may not even get to 100. And they had a 14-game lead. The Red Sox hold the record for the longest, the the biggest lead ever blown. They blew a 14-game lead in 78, right? Bucky Dent, that whole thing. Yankees now lead the Rays by nine games in the loss column. Why is that significant? Because they're playing a series right now. If the Rays would sweep the Yankees, it's a seven-game lead. It's a seven-game lead. We're halfway through August. We got six and a half weeks to go almost. And these teams all play each other. The thing that makes this so tough for the Yankees down the stretch, why I why this has a legitimate shot of happening, is the Red Sox just love to be a thorn. They just took two or three from them. The Orioles are five games above 500. The Rays and this division is good. It's the best division in baseball. The worst team are the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are two games below 500. Everybody's above 500. I, I, the Yankees blow it was a 14 and a half game lead, and go from. Odd pace for 117 wins to not even win the division. Now they do have things going for them, right? The Rays and the Jays have to play each other. The Orioles have to play the Red Sox. The Orioles have to play the Rays, the Jays, all those things. But the Yankees have to play them too. How do you get here? It's a nine-game lead in the loss column. We're halfway through the month, right? If this thing is seven games heading into September, you bet it could happen. Nine in the loss. If it's seven games heading into September, you bet it could happen. What would that mean? Think about this was like the crowning achievement. Aaron Judge, this team was loaded. Look what they're doing. The Yankees are back on track. Could you imagine if they blow this? It's the biggest collapse in sports history. In terms of a season, find me one bigger. Now, there have been bigger collapses in games. There have been bigger collapses. I, it, it, I'm trying to think of the equivalent, what it would be in, a, in any sport. Well, it'd be like a team starting off the year 10-0 and in the NFL, not winning their division. Starting A, a team starting off 10-0 and in the NFL, the second-place team was 6-4, and four and they lose the division. How about that? Now, the Red Sox aren't going to catch them. The Orioles aren't going to catch them. The A's, or the A's, the J's and the Rays sitting there licking their chops. Boy, wouldn't that be something? 
Now, does that help Aaron Judge's quest for Roger Maris? I don't see that's. I've been sitting here trying to figure out, does this help Aaron Judge the tighter this thing becomes? Or do they start pitching around him the tighter it becomes? They were always going to have to pitch to him anyway because they needed to win these games. So I, I, I don't know if this helps him or hurt him. I don't. I really don't. I would quit pitching to him. I would. He still had two home runs the last five days. And again, Aaron Judge keeps this pace up. He'll pass Roger Maris. The Yankees keep this pace up post-All-Star break. They'll have the biggest collapse in the history of baseball to go with their gigantic collapse 18 years ago in the world or the ALCS. Messed that up. That could have been a good zigger, too. Harfond Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harfond Sports Twitter, at Harfond Sports Instagram, Harfond Sports, the Facebook page. Remember, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harfond Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarponSports.com. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends. <laughs>